to Home and Classroom. I'm Rachel. And I'm Hannah. And this is a podcast that's brought to you by the Capital District Child Care Council. For those of you who aren't familiar with us, we're a resource and referral agency for all things child care. Our vision is to create a world where all children are understood. In our attempts to expand our audience, we're coming to you from our studio at CDCCCC. <laughs> all the C's. Um, so this podcast, Home and Classroom, is for parents, providers, teachers, and anyone that's just interested in learning more more about the little humans. This podcast will be interview style, so each episode we're going to bring on an expert from a different field to talk to you um, about different hot-button issues in early childhood development. This is our first podcast, so thank you for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please like us on Facebook and review us on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, Look for show notes and links on our website, which is cdcccc.org. All right, so we'll go around and introduce ourselves so you guys can get to know us. I'm Rachel Mandel. I'm a registered nurse, and I work here at the council as a child care health consultant. So I go around and help with any health and safety issue that you might have. Some of you might know me. Hello, everybody who does. For all your fans. (laughs) For all my fans. Hello. (laughs) And then, Hannah, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, I'm Hannah Wise. I'm a registered dietitian here at the council, and I work on two programs mainly. Uh, One is called Eat Well, Play Hard, um, in which I'm in preschool centers teaching the little ones about fruits and veggies and where they come from and how to eat more of them. And then the other project I work on is I'm the coordinator for our Farm to Preschool program, which we'll talk about a little bit more later on in this episode. But that one mainly, I build gardens that preschool centers and bring uh, farmers markets directly to folks at preschool centers. So Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah. It's want to hear more about that? Yes, we will. <laughs> and then Lindsay, our producer, sitting over there behind the computer screen. Do you want to introduce yourself, Lindsay? Sure, I'd love to. Hi, I'm Lindsay Clark. I'm graphic designer and communication specialist here at the council. And um, my new role as podcast <laughs> producer. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Yeah. So I'm very excited. And yeah, let's get going. All right. Let's do it. So we'll start with some little housekeeping news to keep you all up to date on what we do at the council because it's a lot. There's always something going on. So first of all, if you're not um, a member of the council, that would probably be a good place to start. There's some benefits to being a member. You could do it at any time. You get reduced rates on our conferences. You get free protecting childhood workshops, a calendar keeper. Oh, fancy. And a subscription to our new magazine. Magazine, which is also called Home and Classroom, and that is kind of going to follow along with the podcast. So if you're listening and you haven't read that, you're going to want to read that. Yeah, because you'll get all the pictures and learn a little bit more in depth about the topics we're talking about. And then we also have some mini conferences coming up. Do you want to talk about that, Hannah? Sure. So sorry. (laughs) That's our producer. Bad producer, Lindsay. (laughs) She's accepting phone calls during our first episode. (laughs) 
Anyway. We have a mini conference coming up on Saturday, March 30th at the Doubletree by Hilton and Schenectady. So if you find it hard to get away for a weekday conference, a Saturday mini conference might be good for you. These mini conferences provide all the same opportunities for professional growth, education, and interaction with other childhood, early childhood professionals. We're going to offer it again in September. So if you missed this one, be on the lookout. It'll be in Saratoga County. We're not sure when yet, but we will let you know. So now we're going to play our favorite game. So this game is kind of brought to you because Lindsay and I are always talking about our babies and what they're doing. So my baby's a human and her baby's a dog, but a lot of the times they're doing the same thing. So that made us think that it would be fun and maybe funny to quiz Hannah, two truths and a lie style, with a game that we're calling Two Toddlers and a Dog. So Hannah here has no children, right? No children and no dog as of now. No, as of now. As of now. It could oh. be in the works, but... Everybody stay tuned for that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, Rachel speaking, I have a toddler named Meyer. He's a year old. And Lindsay over there has a sweet little dog. What's his name, Lindsay? His name is Jack. 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 Boy. He's a yellow lab, and he is six months old. My He's also baby. like the council mascot. He's, he comes to work with Lindsay. Yeah. Yes, he lives here, basically, yeah. <laughs> and we love him. So we thought it would be fun to play a game with Hannah, and everyone at home you could play, too, <laughs> where I'm going to tell you three things, and one of those things a dog did, the other two things a toddler did. And you're going to guess. The dog. Yes. So you can guess which of these three things is a dog. And then we can laugh at you if you're wrong. Do I win a prize? No. Uh, No. No prize. Okay. (laughs) Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah, you'll get a thumbs up. Get to be the host You get to babysit the toddler if you win. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Oh, dear. All right. So you ready? Ready. Okay. First thing. This dog slash toddler pulled down a curtain from the window. That's number one. Number two, used a sweater as a teething toy. (laughs) Number three, ate an entire tissue. Like Kleenex tissue. Kleenex. Like out of the box or? Like, I don't know if it was in the box or not, but they ingested the entire thing. (laughs) Okay. Tissue, sweater, curtain. Yep. Which one's the dog? Which one's the dog? Okay. The dog is the sweater. Yes. 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 Oh, you make it not fun if you win. <laughs> oh, it's fun for me, though. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, I'm sure some people at home got it wrong. I was thinking <laughs> as you were doing it, though, that I was picking the child. I had it, like, backwards. Oh, no. So, you're picking the No, no. Dog. Yeah, but I did it right. So. Okay. You did it right. You won. Oh, that was fun. We'll be doing that every week, so get excited. Stay tuned. <laughs> Breastfeeding helps mom and baby stay healthy and gives health advantages that can't be matched. By becoming a breastfeeding-friendly designated child care program, you can make it easy for new mothers to breastfeed, strengthen your relationship with families, join the national effort to promote breastfeeding, 
And if you're on the food program, which is CACFP, you'll get reimbursements. This grant also comes along with our own registered dietitian. Her name is Maggie Hartig. And the grant comes along with furnishing and supplies um, for those who qualify. So you have that stuff to make up your own breastfeeding center. So if you're interested, call today. You can ask for Maggie. The number is 518-426-7181. All right, welcome back. Today we're going to be talking to a guest that came far, far away to be here with us today. Hannah! It's me! Thank you for two offices down. <laughs> Just kidding, you've been here the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to talk to you, Hannah, and what are we going to be talking about? So we're going to be talking about mainly about Farm to Preschool, the program that I run, and then why it's so important to get kids involved in the gardening process and learning about where their food comes from at a young age. And then hopefully I'm going to give you all some tips and ideas for how to keep the garden going throughout the winter, either in the classroom or if you're a parent listening at home, some ideas for what you can do at home with your kids uh, garden-wise. Great. So before we start, we ask all of our guests this question, even though you're the first guest, but we will ask all of our guests this question. So who is the last child you spoke with and what did they say to you? Ooh. Oh my. Um, okay. So less funny thing a child said to me. That's probably a good place to Yeah. Start, okay. Yeah. So, um, I teach, um, Met You Well Play Hard program and I'm in each classroom for about 45 minutes mm-hmm. for 12 weeks. So the kids kind of get to know me. Um, so this week I was wearing like a cardigan sweater. Mm-hmm. It had buttons down the side. You know, I was wearing a shirt underneath. It was just like I, over. I can picture it. Right? It's bright blue. Okay. And this one little girl came up to me and she was like, Miss Hannah, why are is your sweater not buttoned, but you have buttons on it, but you're not using the buttons to button your sweater? That's <laughs> a good question. It was such a good question. I was literally like, I was just blank. I was like, I have no idea. Yeah, like, why, why do they make sweaters? Why are there decorative buttons? That's a reasonable it's question. It's a very reasonable question. And she was highly concerned about my wardrobe. <laughs> you better watch so, what you I know. I know. <laughs> they are critiques, so. <laughs> they know what they like. Yeah. That's a good story. So, you said that you were on the farm to preschool program here at the council. Mm-hmm. All right. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about what the farm to preschool program is? Sure. I've been here, so I've heard of the farm to preschool program, yeah, yeah. and you just said a little bit, but I don't know that much. Yeah. Um, so the farm to preschool program is it's funded through the USDA, so it's a national program. There's actually about two thousand different uh, farm to. It's also called farm to early child care program, so you'll see both of them. There's about two thousand in the U.S. currently right now, so there's tons of kids enrolled in it, which is really exciting. Um, in New York State, the money is funneled through the Department of Health. Um, and the goal of Farm to Preschool is to teach kids that food grows in the ground by farmers, and it's not necessarily just at the grocery store. That's not like where food appears from. So I go to various childcare sites um, and daycare centers, and I do a series of lessons with the kids and with the teachers, mostly around planting um, and building the garden and stuff like that. And then the next phase is we either build um, like some raised beds or a garden at the site, or we help to spruce up one if they have one there. We do container gardens or something to provide a tangible outlet 
for the kids. And then the next piece of the the program is bringing a farmer's market directly to the preschool site. So I think this is the most important one. So we have a farmer there, and then I'm doing cooking demos to, pro- to provide the nutrition education to families and staff members um, because you could teach them all you want, but if the food's not there and it's not affordable and accessible and people don't know how to cook it, it, you know, they change isn't going to happen. Yeah. So that's farm to preschool in a nutshell. Great. Um, so yeah. why is that? Why is it important that kids that. kind of interact with their food? Yeah. So I mean, preschool age is where you know we're trying to make the most changes possible. And I'm sure you guys know also that habits farm super early, especially around food. Like I know it's kind of shaped how. I eat, like, the atmosphere that I was brought up in, and my parents had a big garden, and, you know, my lunches were always made fun of at school because there were, like, lentils and (laughs) veggies and, like, gross things. I didn't have, like, a white sandwich with peanut butter and jelly. Oh, I had a white sandwich. Right. So, yeah, are you still eating your white sandwiches? No, I'm doing better, but, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I mean, I could see how it kind of affects what happens in your adulthood, what you eat as a child. I mean, I had probably McDonald's. McDonald's uh, every week, I would say, when I was little. Maybe not every week. That's probably an exaggeration. Yeah. I just probably remember the McDonald's because I, I know, loved it uh, so much. But <laughs> I know what Meyer ate this week. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard, you know, even... She took Meyer to McDonald's. <laughs> don't tell people. You had to cut that out. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I... I have a history of liking kind of bland food, but I think for me as an adult, I've changed the way that I eat, but it's been a process. I've had to think about it. Right. And so you're I'm like sure. very involved in in health. You know, you're a nurse, right. so you, you're kind of like in it a little bit. But for folks that that's maybe not their job or they're, that's not their hobbies or their interests, it's really hard to make those changes. So uh, Farm to Preschool hopes that the habits can form early and then no one has to change when you're right. older. It's just like, this is how you eat and this is where food comes from and things like that. So, so is um, it working? Do you think it's... I think it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, from what I... So I... This is only my first year doing the program. Um, but from what I saw last summer, it had a huge impact on the kids and the families. And they are eating better and they know where to get fresher foods now and stuff like that. Um, and there's actually a survey put out by the um, National Farm to School Network about the 2008 Farm to School season. Um, and they reported that the programs improved children's health, um, improved access to fresher and higher quality foods. You supported local farmers in the community, obviously, and then also um, it lowered meal costs, which is really? something, yeah, which is something that you know, you kind of think the opposite of. Yeah, everyone always says, you know, I mean, I've always thought this too, that kind of the reason that people eat poorly is because, well, I mean, it's, I thought that it was cheaper and also more convenient. Right, right. So I guess if you have a, you know, if you have vegetables at the daycare you're picking your child up, what could be more convenient than that? Right, right. And the, um, the farmers that we partner with or sometimes we partner with a mo- mobile veggie mobile um, they all accept EBT WIC checks, oh. SNAP, all that stuff um, so it is super affordable and if you're partnering just with a local farmer like you cut out all the costs of shipping and the middleman and distributing and all that stuff so it actually is more affordable I mean it's tricky for what you get because not everything's going to be available all the time but if you could just be flexible and take whatever the farmer has access of, right. it is going to lower costs. Um, so you just have to cook, you have to be able to cook whatever vegetables are available. 
You can't I mean, just like choose. for the most part, right? But you can't yeah. just always choose broccoli. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> if it's super rainy or super hot, broccoli's gonna not do well. I did not know that. Well, I don't know about the rain, but definitely the heat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut that out. Cut the rain out. Yeah, we don't, we don't need to broccoli, spread lies about broccoli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do not need to do that. Broccoli does Broccoli well. does not like heat. I know that for a fact. Okay. I was a farmer. <laughs> you were a farmer? Yes. I farmed for two years before I uh, came to the council. A small veggie farm. Oh. New Dawn Farm in New Hampshire. Very near and dear to my heart. So if you wanted to grow your own vegetables, so say that, you know, the classrooms, maybe they're not involved in farm to preschool. Mm -hmm. So they could be, first of all, right? Yeah. Yeah. Most people could. Yes. um, Most, you know, they have to qualify based on zip code is one thing. And then if you participate in CACFP, um, you qualify. So. Great. Yeah. And then if you can't, what if, you know, what if you're just not able to be a part of the farm to preschool, mm-hmm. what could you do with the kids that you have? Yeah, so especially in the winter, you know, if you want to... Right, what could you do in the winter? Right, if we're focusing on winter especially, like if you already have a garden and you get it going, you know, spring through fall and you build the momentum with the kids and they're learning and they're tasting and they're exploring, pretty much everything shuts down here in upstate New York from, yeah. you know, November to... March even sometimes. So um, some of the things I like to teach my teachers is um, there's a bunch of different veggies that you can grow inside, especially if you have access to light or grow light. But if you just have a windowsill, you can grow microgreens. What is that? (laughs) Okay, so microgreens, basically you can use any any seed really to grow microgreens. Um, And you plant them just like you could do them in a small container or a big flat. Okay. Um, and the reason they're micro is you harvest them before they are fully mature. So you harvest really? them when they just have their baby leaves on them. So it's not its own. I thought microgreens were their own plant or no. their own vegetable. No. Like the ones I was growing in my office yeah. were radish, beet, cabbage. Beets? Beets? Beets are not micro. Beets are large. Yes, yes. But but they start off as babies. Okay. They start off as, and they're really pretty because a lot of, the, you know, beets are purple. So some of their stems are like bright purple, which and is cool. And you can eat them. Yes. And you can eat them and they grow quickly, which is why they're nice for the classroom because kids' attention span, they're not going to wait, like, three months for beets to grow in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they you can harvest them after two weeks, and they wow. grow every day. Um, and the other great thing about microgreens is they are highly nutritious because they're harvested so early. None of the nutrients are lost yet. They, like, have everything in them. Oh, so do you just eat them raw? Yeah, you could put them on salad. You could have the kids put them on anything that they're eating, like their pasta, their sal- you know, salad, soups. Oh, whatever. Cool. Just sprinkle on your microgreens. Right. <laughs> Especially the purple ones. The purple ones are so can fun. get excited about that. Yeah, I like those for kids because you just need seeds, soil, water, and light, basically. And you can use any seeds. They're easy to grow. So where would you get seeds? Just anywhere? Yeah. It might be harder to find them now, but if you have any leftover from your garden, oh. it's a good way to use them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can get seeds at the grocery store. If you're in the Albany area, Honest Weight Food Co-op has some great seeds. Um, any hardware store, Lowe's, that kind of place has seeds too. So cool. um, yeah, that's a great one for planting. You can also, you know, grow sweet potatoes 
in the classroom with Grow the Vines, which are cool, and you can start them. I'm sure you did this when you were... Did you go to preschool? I did go to preschool, (laughs) yeah. So, there's always the potato growing in the cup on the windowsill. I remember... I have a memory of a plastic cup sitting on a windowsill with a green bit coming out of it, but I have no idea what we made. Yeah, so... Or I guess we didn't make group. Yeah, you could do it with potatoes or sweet potatoes. If you just put toothpicks in the side and put it in a a cup with water, Uh the roots will grow down and then the leaves will grow up. Wait, do you literally... What, you put a seed? No, you put the potato. You put a potato in... Just in dirt. Water. Water. (laughs) We're going to get some visuals for... Okay, okay. Yeah, so... So you're going to put a potato in a cup of water... And yes, this is somehow going to turn into something? Yeah, so the roots grow. You know, like, when you leave a bag of potatoes on the counter yes, for a while? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, like, where the leaves and the roots would grow. So, cool. so um, yes, the roots will grow down and leaves will grow up, especially oh, for fun. sweet potatoes, and then you just pop them in. Potatoes grow a little bit differently, but sweet potatoes are fun because they'll vine, so you can have them in the classroom. And then you can eat them. Like, will, well, you gotta, will potatoes grow or will you, just green You got to put them in the garden come, like, okay, okay. spring. I see. So they would be something them. you could replant. Yeah, and you can start oh, that's them. that's fun. Yeah, and um, we will have links um, on our website. I'll mention this later, but just because a lot of the things I'm talking about are super visual. Yeah, um, I can so, see it, though. Yeah, I'll have some that, pictures on our website and our show notes. Yeah. So that sounds yeah. like something that you could do even at home. Like yeah. If yeah. you're a parent listening or a totally. parent as a podcast co-host, yeah. you could maybe do that <laughs> at home. Mommy. Um, <laughs> yeah, you could do that at home. At home, it's kind of nicer because, I mean, typically you don't have 20 kids. I don't know. Sure. Maybe some of you do. But, um, Likely not. <laughs> yeah, if you're getting really into it, you know, you can build your own mini greenhouse. You can build a little hydroponic um, growing station with the kids. You just have to take a plastic container, uh-huh. like a little Tupperware. Or, like, I've seen it done in um, old Play-Doh containers, you uh-huh. know. With the, it has to have a lid. Okay. Um, and then you put your little veggie start in. So, like, a little head of lettuce. Okay. Fill it with water, and then you have to aerate it. So, if you put a straw in there, like, poke a hole and have uh-huh. a straw in there, you can grow a little hydroponic lettuce head. Wow. Yeah, which is really fun for... For parents at home, it's because it's a little bit more involved. So, I mean, you can do it in the classroom too. It doesn't. Sure. Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah. So, is there anything else? I mean, are there any books or, I don't know, games or something that you would recommend that yeah. you play to get kids excited? I mean, yeah. it's exciting to think of a hydroponic floating something or other. That's cool, yeah. but yeah. it does take a while for them to see that. Totally. So. Yeah, and for, you know, parents or teachers who are a little bit more hesitant about actually growing things in the yeah. classroom and stuff like that, there are tons of books. Um, <clears throat> there's a book called Ra Ra Radish. Mm. This is the Farmer. And my favorite one is called Up, Down, and Around. Um, and it teaches kids, like, which veggies grow up, which grow down, and which, like, vine all, in, all around and around. I think I, I could, could use sing that after hearing um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I no. no, it's really fun. So Should there's books. And then... Um, like, if you have a garden outside in the winter, um, some teachers have put in, like, a little snow gauge so the kids can measure the snow there and set, so oh. you can use the garden for other things. And um, also teachers have 
put in a uh, bird watching station. So they put a bird feeder out there so the birds can come and have binoculars inside the classroom. So the oh, kids can, so they can see they it from can the inside. See it. So you're just using the garden for different things. Um, and then for for teachers, if you're not super into like actual dirt and planting and stuff, just creating like a farm stand or a farmer's market in your dramatic play area, setting up like a stand yeah. and having the fake vegetables and things like that will keep the momentum momentum going. Yeah, kids always are playing grocery store. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff, so that makes exactly. sense that they would like that. Yeah. Are there any resources that you could kind of point us to if we wanted to start this? I mean, I guess yeah. they could talk to you about farm to preschool, yes, but... totally. If, if any um, classrooms or centers are interested, please feel free to contact me. I'm picking my my next round pretty soon. Um, and my email address is hwise, W-I-S-E, at cdccc.org. No, there's Did four I miss C's. A C? I always miss a C. Four there's a C. lot of C's. Well, there's five C's total. Okay, five C's total. One so, C, D, so let's say four C's. Okay. You know, someone told us, um, Arlene, some of you may remember her as the hat lady from the council. <laughs> She's retired, but not really. Hello, Arlene. I'm sure you're listening to this. I'm sure. But she used to, when I first started, she told me that you should say a cat, a dog, and four cats. Oh. So that's okay, what I say that on works. the phone. And no one has picked on me about it yet. So I think it does Oh my work. God, I like that. Okay. And you don't miss your C's. I usually right, count so, on my fingers. That's smart. <laughs> It's smart. It's a totally different uh, email. Yeah, so yeah. people can contact you if they want to be contact. a part of Farm to Preschool. Could they contact you just with other questions? Yeah, yeah. Anything, any questions that they have about uh, farming, classroom gardening, things like that. Um, also, the National Farm to School Network is a really great resource. It's a website. Just Google it. Um, it has a tons of resources for getting you started with gardening. Um, and that actually, that's Farm to School... In general, so they do okay. early childcare, they do elementary, they do high school. Like it's got the whole shebang. So if you're if you don't specifically have a preschooler, um, you can use that website. Um, one book that I really love is called Early Sprouts: um, Cultivating Healthy Food Choices in Young Children, um, and this was actually written in New Hampshire in Keene, where I did my internship. So I know the ladies who wrote this. Um, and they have recipes based on every different vegetable that you can grow in the garden. Oh, so if you do start using the farmer's market and you get those vegetables, yeah. you don't know. Yes, it has recipes. And that goes that book goes into more of, like, the importance of why we need to get kids learning about fruits and vegetables hands-on early. Do they, so they have do a, a recipe for Swiss chard? Probably. Are you not a chard? I just don't know how to cook it. My husband can do it, but every time that we would get it in our farm share. See, we have yeah. a farm share. I feed yeah. my child delicious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're doing it. <laughs> but whenever we get that, I always think, you know, we only know one way to cook that, and we get what, so you much. Saute it? it? Yeah, we just yeah. saute it. Yeah, that's pretty much what I do. All right, well then I'm already doing it, <laughs> but I'm still gonna read the book. I don't know, Colin, if you have any ideas, but <laughs> yeah, saute it. All right, soy so sauce. That's a pretty good resource. And then parents at home could use that, too. It sounds like yeah, it's not parents just parents at home can use that. And then there's, if you are interested in our curriculum, it's through the USDA, so it's free. It's called oh, Grow It. Free is good. Grow It, Try It, Like It on the USDA website, so you can download it. Um, and I'll put a list of all these resources in our show notes as well. Um, the last one I wanted to mention specifically for parents um, at home, there's a website called kidsgardening.com, and it has, like, a ton of crafts, craft-type stuff for the gardens, like like building little 
markers and pots and the markers show what the vegetables yeah things like that that you can also do in the winter while it's cold and you don't want to be outside get ready dream of spring with your little crafts yeah yeah yeah. exactly yeah all right well thank you for coming all this way to speak with us today 10 steps down the hallway you're very (laughs) welcome it was so exciting to be the first uh first (laughs) first what interviewee yeah interviewee That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening to our very first episode of Home and Classroom. If you enjoyed this episode, please show us some support. You can go to anywhere that you get your podcast and like, review, subscribe, comment, whatever you can do just to share this podcast with other parents, providers, people who would like this, be interested in this. You can always email us. Hannah's giving you her email. You could call us at um, the council with any questions that you might have. And you can check out our website at www.cdccc.org. We'll have the show notes there. There will be some images and links for everything that you heard today. And you can let us know what else you'd like to hear about. We'll be releasing our episodes weekly. Next week, we're interviewing Rachel. She's in the hot seat. So she's going to be talking Uh about uh, (laughs) immunizations and winter health for, for our kids. So, yeah, that's to look forward to. We'll see you next week.